I am Scott Hamilton Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears, talking about the 2004 film Primer. So the short version, the summary of this review is you will probably not like this movie. It is 77 minutes long, and it's 100% talking, almost no action. It's a science fiction film that is conversations, and I find it amazing. But again, it's basically two hours of two guys figuring things out, or 77 minutes of two guys figuring things out. So getting into the longer form review, this movie's been out for quite some time, (laughs) since 2004. It is... I upgraded most of my movie collection. I I have been collecting movies since the days of VHS. In college, I worked at a VHS store, and that was when movies first started being affordable. When the first Batman uh, came out, you could buy it for 20 bucks, or the first uh, Crocodile Dundee V. Those were the first VHSs that you could own that weren't $100 for rental stores to um, rent them. And eventually we got DVDs and Blu-rays, and so I had a lot of DVDs, and I have... I got rid of them. I had almost 5,000. And then I had less than 3,000 Blu-rays, and I have like 154Ks. So as the formats have changed over the years, I've gotten a little bit less and less. Let's just say I'm more selective about what I buy and keep because I've realized now these days with streaming services and the like, um, if you wait long enough, you can watch anything, you know, on your streaming services uh, or pay to rent it cheaply or whatever. So I say all that because Primer is on DVD, has never been released on Blu-ray, and I kept it for that reason. Because, it A, you don't find it on streaming services very often. You usually have to pay to watch it. And it's never been released on Blu-ray. I don't know that you can still get the DVD. And I, I think it is... The quintessential independent film. Shane Carruth, this put him on the map. He directed it, produced it, wrote it, starred in it, did the music, edited it, (laughs) and made it for $7,000. Let me repeat that. This movie was made for $7,000 and went on to gross nearly a million. I think its final gross from box office was $841,000. Well, if you only put seven grand in, you get eight hundred and forty-one back. That's a pretty good, you know, that's a pretty good return on your investment <clears throat> by like eight hundred percent. And he went on to other things, but in his career, he's made very few movies, and people have said amazing things about him. Not just me. Um, after this, he made Upstream Color, which came out nine years later. He starred in a movie two years ago that he didn't direct. Um, but he did produce and he's working on something new. And that is about his career. Steven Soderbergh in an interview said that I view Shane as the illegitimate offspring of David Lynch and James Cameron. (laughs) That's, that's big words. Those are two fine film directors. So primer getting back to the movie. It was shot on like consumer grade video equipment. That's why it's on DVD and it looks fine. I upconverted it to 1080p. Um, it does have a bit of a Dolby old fashioned surround soundtrack, but it's mostly conversations and brains. It, it's a smart film that you I had to watch twice just to get all the nuances and the little things that were going on. 
it are two guys who who obviously have scientific backgrounds and aside from their day jobs they have a garage where the two of them and two other guys get together and they try and create things to try and make a million dollars try and get them sold try and do something so they don't have to keep working for the man you know and we find this out in the first conversations. You know, it's basically guys talking about what they're doing and, and how they're going to go forward and everything. But we focus on the two guys, Shane's character and his co-star played by David Sullivan. And David has another idea about some things they've been working on and wants to take it another direction, but they want to do it on their own so they don't get laughed at and that kind of thing. And not to give too much of the movie away, but they basically discover time travel. Oops. That's not what they were working on, but the science that they were working on led them to this conclusion, and they tested it, and it, it appears to be real. That's where things start getting confusing. But again, if you've watched Star Trek all your life, and you're and you're fine with people spouting technical babble as uh, you know as in, in a script to explain scientific uh, ideas to get them across to you, and you 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 are fine with that as as exposition in a movie. Well, then you'll be fine with this film. But if you're looking for something where they eventually get lasers and shoot each other and things blow up, it's nothing like that at all. It's, again, two guys having to deal with something that turns out to be much bigger than them and what they worry about and the things they talk about. More is talked about than seen, but that, again, it's an amazing script. Uh, Watching it for the first time in years, I am just blown away by the writing that... Everything they say, there is not a wasted word in that script. They, everything leads to something. Everything might mean something else. Everything is a hint or a clue to something. It is an incredible script. It's, I liken debut scripts from good writers just like a debut album from good bands. You know, you work all your life to get to this point, and it's obvious. You have had time. You have taken time to craft this into perfection. But they, they couldn't get it funded, so they made it on their own with credit cards, you know, and it took off. Um, back in the day, Siskel and Ebert gave it a great review, you know. It went on to make almost a million dollars on a $7,000 budget. It's definitely worth watching. But that being said, it's a lot of talking, and that it there are a lot of fantastic elements in the film, but... It's not like you see glowing things and uh, these 2001 scapes while they, they fly through space to different times. It's nothing like that. Things blink. That's about it. Um, and they run into themselves or that kind of thing. It, but it's nothing, you know. Everything is done through words. Everything. Uh, it is DIY filmmaking at its best. It feels like a movie. He lingers on dramatic scenes. They have interesting conversations. The music is good. Um, the drama works. It 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 just, you know, if they had had a little bit more money and could have put a little razzle-dazzle into the film, maybe added a few scenes of some actual science fiction stuff going on, then this movie would have been huge. All these years later, it sits on Rotten Tomatoes at about 72%. Critics liked it. That's 129 reviews, a little bit more than people. Some people are like dense, obtuse, but stimulating. It's ready for viewers. (laughs) It's a film ready for viewers that want a cerebral hemorrhage or ready for a cerebral challenge or something like that. Um, Science fiction movie for the thinking man or some of the reviews on the cover. Yes, it, it, it was refreshing to sit down to a movie. And this could have been a made for TV movie that's 77 minutes long. It's basically just great dialogue. And when it's over, you're like, wow, that was really good. 
<laughs> I've watched some big budget movies lately that didn't give me that feeling when they were over. And this was made for nothing. It just love, crafting it, you know. I I had always remembered I really liked this movie, and I always remembered it was dense and hard to get through. But I watched it over the weekend and thought it was fantastic. I don't I didn't have a problem following it at all. Um, maybe I'm smarter now. I mean, it's 16, 17 years later. Um, I'm definitely more movie acclimated than I was back then, um, even though I've been a diehard movie fan all my life. But the film, it's two guys in various garages, car parks, outdoors, uh, on park benches, having conversations about this stuff, getting excited about this stuff, and you get excited about it. And the way things are described, the way things are explained, you have a clear picture of what's going on without them having to show it to you. They do it so well. This is an amazing, amazing film to this day. I, watch it if you can. I looked it up on Amazon. You have to join a uh, ITC or one of those channels um, so you can get a free week and, and stream it if you want. It's also available on iTunes, I believe. Um, I thought it was great. Rewatching it now only cemented my opinion. Studio Canal eventually... Uh, Think Film and IFC Films eventually released it. So you would think it, it would have gotten a wider release. But in 2004, you know, we were waiting on Matrix sequels that were coming. Um, this wasn't exactly what people were looking for. So it did the art house circuit and things like that. But I would be interesting to hear some scientists talk about this movie. Because uh, some of the themes and some of the uh, ideas that are brought up are actual scientific um, hypotheses about that kind of thing. I highly recommend it. It's very interesting. I watched it like late in an afternoon because I was afraid, oh man, it's going to be nothing but talking and it's it's, it's going to be slow. And, and so I was afraid to start watching it like eight or nine and I'd pass out in it. Um, so I started late afternoon and got through it and was ready to watch something else. I mean, I was energized when it was over because it was so well made. Again, the dialogue, the script is so good. The acting is really good for considering the budget. Um, it's Shane Carruth's first thing. He went on to be, I mean... Um, if you like this movie, go on to Upstream Color. I have a podcast of it a year ago. Um, very strange film, but if you like like David Lynch movies, you would like Upstream Color. He said in 2019 when I was researching the last movie, he was in The Dead Center, which he just stars in, um, and he produced, but he didn't write um, or, and, or direct. And he said at that time that he was working on something massive. It would be the ultimate thing. And when he was done, he would just leave the movie industry. That that would be it. He would be done. Um, and it's two years later, and that hasn't come to fruition. We haven't heard anything. Um, if you've ever seen Looper, Ryan Johnson actually reached out to him, and they discussed time travel, gave him some notes. He didn't work on the script, per se, but they consulted him, you know, <laughs> because he had done so much research for Primer. I'm glad I kept this DVD. I'm glad I kept it in the collection. I will watch it again one day. It is a testament to somebody loving something so much they got it made. No money, no budget. I'll star in it myself. I'll edit it myself. I'll do all the effects. You know, I'll do everything myself. And he did. And all these years later, it's a great movie. It really, really is. It's interesting. It's exciting. It's on an intellectual level. Like, again, if you're looking for Vin Diesel's latest with a lot of explosions, it's not going to be your thing. But if you're looking for a smart sci-fi movie, you'd be hard-pressed to do much better. Check it out. 
and and the rest of his career, I can't wait to see what he does next. I've said that for decades now, and we've only gotten a couple things out of him, but hopefully more. Check out Primer. Like I said, it's on a couple streaming services. You might be able to find the DVD out there really cheap. It's a very interesting, very intelligent sci-fi movie that holds up and is worth watching. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. My website is therockfile.com. Check it out for links. Like, share, and subscribe. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you.